Hey listeners, welcome to episode 62 of Resiliency. This is Silas West, one of your co-hosts, and I'm really excited that you are here with us today. We have a great show prepared for you. Steve and I got to interview our friends Ron and Janine Parrish, who generously shared their story of God's grace as they serve in Indonesia. I'll also give a short review of a couple of Ron Parrish's books after the intro, so sit back and enjoy today's episode. Can't stop Listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resiliency of field workers. Twice a month, co hosts Steve Finley and Silas West bring you their conversations with long term field workers or experts in the field of member care with the goal of encouraging you in your life and work of cross cultural ministry. I know I come on here each episode and say this before we start the show, so forgive me please for sounding like a broken record, but our analytics show that there are over a hundred of you who regularly listen to Resiliency, yet we hear back from so few of you. Steve and I would really like to know how we're doing, how we can improve your ideas for episodes or suggested guests, and your reviews can help others find this podcast. So please don't hesitate to review us on Apple Podcasts, message us on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast or email us at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com. And before we jump into today's episode with Ron and Janine, I want to point out that Ron has a couple of books that he has written. The first one is Building Your Spiritual Core, 101 Creative Ways to Connect with God. If you're finding your devotional time is not what it used to be, maybe it isn't suited to your unique personality. Connecting with God is not done in a one-size-fits-all way, and Ron's book offers some creative ideas that may help you to reimagine time with God. His other book, From Duty to Delight, Finding Greater Joy in Daily Prayer, is written to help those of us who find prayer to be an ought to and grow in finding it to be something we delight in. Both of these books are available on Amazon, and the links will be in the show notes, but I just saw that the Kindle version for both are available for free, so you may want to jump on that. Let's hear from Ron and Janine Parrish coming to us from Indonesia. Well, Ron and Janine Parrish, welcome to Resiliency. Hey, we are so honored to be with you guys. We love we love what we hear from your podcast. We so appreciate both of you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, likewise, we appreciate you guys, which is why you're here. And we'd love for you to just kind of give us a little bit of an introduction of yourselves and what you what, where you are and what you're doing. Okay, we'll tag team on this. Uh, We have been involved in ministry for a long time. We have, we started in our mid twenties on staff at a dynamic church in Houston. Then we came to Indonesia. I was in, I was 28, Uh, learned language. We lived here. We thought we'd be here the rest of our lives. And after about nine years, we were, uh, we lost our visa. And in the process of applying for another one, we were invited to be uh, senior pastors at a church in Austin, Texas. And we thought this will be a few years. And when we ended up uh, being there in Austin for 20 years. And finally, after uh, many, many petitions to the Lord, uh, he opened the door for us to return to Indonesia. 
10 years ago. So we're on round two, 10 years. First round was nine years. And so we are living the dream. We're, we're excited to be uh, where we're at. And there's all kinds of things that motivate us to be here. But we've had an amazing sense of God's grace in our lives and our marriage and in our work. Did I miss You've anything important? <laughs> we have three adult children. Uh, we have three uh, grandsons with one on the way. And we're super proud of our kids. Yeah. You mentioned, Ron, that you have a lot of reasons that are motivating you to be there. And so that actually leads me into the first question that we really wanted to dig in with y'all, which is it, when, when most people, and I don't mean this to be insulting in any way, but when most people would be retiring, <laughs> uh, you guys are just, you're going after it. So what, what is it that makes you want to continue to, in this season of your lives, do what you're doing in Indonesia? And I'm okay. not saying you shouldn't because <laughs> that, you know, but, but what, what's your motivation? Great. <laughs> I'm going to let Janine go for that one first. I, I've got, we've both got a lot of answers for that one. Yeah, we, uh, I, I think first of all, is there's kind of, we live in denial of our age. <laughs> so that's probably the first thing. You know, you look in the mirror and go, who is that person? <laughs> Where could life go? And so, well, we left, we left as uncle and aunt, and now we come back as grandma and grandpa. They're literally the terms they call they us. They call us. Opa and Oma. <laughs> so and it took us a while to get used to that. But, um, but yeah, I, there are so many things that motivate us. I mean, we... When we came back, we really thought uh, we are on the front edge of, we feel like, a whole generation that's going to return to the field. People that have things that we have, they recognize it. We came with a backpack full of things, of language already under our belt, of freedom to jump in. We see families with coming to the field with four, three, four young children and just we thought we were there, you know, but we are free to hang out with us young singles. And, and there's, there's just so many different things that we have. We, you know, just, we have a visa, retirement visas are some of the easiest thing to get. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're not in a hardship place. I mean, we have a very low cost of living and yet, you know, we can have a $10 date on the beach that, people would die for it, but they, they do their once in a lifetime vacation here, you know, but that's not what motivate and none of those things motivate us. There's something much deeper. Well, they're not sustaining. Yeah. They're not sustaining. Right. But we do see people our age now going overseas to retire for much lesser reasons. And, um, I was on this email for retirement offshore, they call it, you know, and people choosing just for the cost of living, uh, making their retirement funds last overseas. And I kind of laugh at it and go, wow, there's such a greater reason to do this. And so I'll let you jump into it. Well, in my, in the 1980s, I visited a lot of places in Indonesia where you could drive for hours. I know you guys have been to places like that. You can meet anyone you can meet, you can talk to and find out that they don't know a Christian. They've never been to a church. They don't know the gospel. In places like that in Indonesia, pockets, people groups like that, have I've never been able to shake that. And back in the States during the 20 years that I went to world mandates, there would be a, por- there would be a portion of world mandate in which I would just be I would just be in a fetal position just remembering God's heart for 
people and and longing for his glory among those peoples and and it was just it's just like a privilege we get to be back near that we get to meet people literally two-thirds if not more of the conversations that i have in sharing the good news people will either interrupt me or i'll ask them and they say i've never i've never heard this i've never known who jesus is and so we get the privilege of that. Mm-hmm. In fact, Janine has a story mm-hmm. from GIE. Tell them about Ron Wynn, who just yeah. passed away. We have a friend that was a church member that just last week died from COVID. But he, uh, yeah, we had an ETN here for the summer of, you guys both were here in summer of 18. And um, just over a thousand young people came through and we had this rhythm of training and sending them out. And there was on one team, this 80 year old man and we, he had actually been in a church that we pastored, so we knew him. And so when he first came, I thought, how is he going to, is he going to hold? In fact, I talked to the team leaders and said, you know, don't let him hold you back. And, but as I talked to him, there was an excitement in him. Well, two weeks later, as after he was out on the field and came back with this group and everybody was celebrating the, the wins, yeah. the debrief and the wins of the two weeks and excitement, mm-hmm. a high, they always came back on such a high. I talked to him and he said, um, in tears, he said, the first time that I shared with somebody and they said they had never, ever heard, I thought, what am I doing in America? Why am I not here? He said, now I'm deaf in one ear and I'm half deaf in the other ear, but can you take me if I come out and serve with you? Can you? And I thought, and as we were celebrating, he was down at the front of this big ballroom, dancing with the best of these young people in celebration. And I thought, I want to be that way at 80, you know, and so that's, that alone is enough to have, want us to put, be here, but there were other things. There's things like, you know, at this stage in our life, we may not be addressing the thousands in front of us, but we can address those who will address the thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, I often say, I wish I had a hundred more lives to live. In a way, we do have mm-hmm. that opportunity yes, to pour into others. So if we could spend the rest mm-hmm. of our lives pouring into others who will do that. Last week, we had um, a group here. We call them the gatherers. They've already graduated from our training school. And now they have little groups. And we are going through this book called 2414, just simple chapter by chapter reading it. And um, we were reading a chapter that was written by a group in North Africa and how they found access into places and using their skills and using the, their passions to go into these places. And I watched in this room as we went around and said, what, you know, what's your takeaway from this chapter? And these young people, every one of them a college graduate, so they're in the top 10% of their generation in this country. Every one of them could speak English, which puts them in another probably 2% of their generation. And as we sat there, one after another had a revelation of dreams that what God could do through them among the 129 unreached people groups in their country. They don't need to learn another language. They don't need a visa, Mm -hmm. but they started dreaming. And I thought, I just sat there going, what a privilege to sit in a room full of dreamers Mm -hmm. of those that really have the potential to finish the task. And where else would I want to be, you know, besides here? Yes, we'll say in humility, it's hard. I have a 93-year-old woman, a mother back in the States 
And so it's not like we are in denial of those things. We have kids, we have a grandson about to be born back in Austin. And we know we're not gonna be there all the time with that grandson. We're so grateful for the grace gift of God that we've had our kids and our grandkids on this side of the ocean. They haven't been on the same island with us, but we've been able to see them regularly. And we're so thankful for things like Zoom and FaceTime and WhatsApp and that our family can keep close contact, even though we're in all in different places. But we have an eternal perspective. We've always told our kids through all the transitions, through all the, you know, leaving one chapter, we have 10 significant chapters in our life. And as we move through these chapters, we'd always say, you have a treasure chest in your heart and someday in heaven, all of these friends that you've made in this season, we're going to open that up in heaven. And those people are going to be surrounding us. And, and so we want to populate heaven even greater. That's yeah. what we want to do. And, you know, there was just always that sense. And we feel that now. We feel like, yeah, we want to use what we have here for the glory of God. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> keeping it real, most days we don't feel like we have that much to offer. And the impact seems pretty small. The fruit seems... <laughs> slim pickings, but you know, we're, we're living with the end in mind. We're living with our, right. our lives are, are, are altered by the fact that, Hey, we're living for the age to come and we're living to serve rule and reign with him in that age to come with new bodies. And so it's really, there's a lot motivating us to, to keep going for it. And we, as you guys probably know this, we live in a culture here that that Honors. deeply respects people yeah. of age. age. Mm -hmm. So everywhere we go, people treat us with such honor. And, <laughs> and we, we feel like sometimes we're like throwing out little seeds wherever we go and, and they're fertile ground in terms of people responding and, mm -hmm. and receiving our counsel. And so anyway, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of reasons that we feel like and pray this often the boundary lines for us have fallen on pleasant places. Mm -hmm. And it really is amazing. We're thankful for the help that we have. And, yeah. and here again, only God knows tomorrow. But yeah. while we can do it, we are so thankful that we get to, I mean, Ron and I have always loved adventure and cultures and travel. And we've always loved that. But mm -hmm. that wasn't enough, you know, to get us here. It's the love of Christ that continues to compel us, Amen. continues to compel us and mm -hmm. gets us out of bed every day. It's the love of Christ and mm -hmm. getting to share that love with people that otherwise wouldn't know. It, it keeps us going. Amen. I want to be in Indonesia right now. What am I doing? <laughs> Come on. Um, Janine, you just kind of did this flyby on, I've got a 93-year-old mother and yeah. we're having a grandchild that's being born in Austin soon, you know, your fourth one. And, you know, some of our audience, their ears kind of perked up and it's like, tell me more about that because that's where I am. And I, you and I, I could name a few names that you guys and we all know that right now they're making decisions about stateside time and all that do susan and i came to this back to the states after being there in southeast asia for 18 years we it's now been 14 years ago and it was for susan's aging parents and it, you know we knew the lord spoke to us about leaving father and mother when we left you know back in 1991 and then he spoke to us about caring for our parents you know where the pharisees were kind of being rebuked for for considering all these laws and stuff more important so the lord you know different seasons, different times, different grace like you have. 
But mm -hmm. um, you know, how how do you continue to navigate that sense of responsibility for her? And and because you know, I, I'm not at all saying we came back and we did the right thing. And you you know, your mom's 93 mm -hmm. and you're not there with her. I'm saying. How do you navigate that? Because some people are trying to wrestle with that thing. And should we go back or should we stay? And we know the spirit of God's got to speak to them. But what more could you say to them about, yeah, the, the grandchildren and the mother who, who are here mm -hmm. and you're there? And Well, we just live with humility. But I, a long time ago, <laughs> decades ago, I think, I got past the place of judging anybody. I'm just saying, you know, we, you have to follow what God says to you yeah. and he's the judge for everyone. I constantly ask my mom, I constantly, I have three sisters at home. So that helps even though I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. And so there is a responsibility that I carry, but even last week on the phone with my mom, I said, mom, um, I'm sorry. I haven't called in a couple of weeks. And she said, Janine, I know you're busy. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God's taking care of me. It's okay. And I know that you'd be here in a minute if I needed you. And so I think there's always, and I just said, thank you, Lord. I mean, this is the same mother that when I went out the first time, she couldn't even come out of the bathroom in the, in the airport because of sobbing so hard and, did, you know, kind of manipulative, you know, not wanting me to go. And I just thought, thank you, Jesus. You know, I just... And so there's always keeping my ear to the ground, always saying, is this okay, Lord? Is this okay? I mean, there's not any driving. And the same thing with our son about to have his first child. He doesn't have any family with him there. And so we prioritize getting there, being there with them for the birth of this baby. And, you know, we, it's, we do what we can. And we also say, you know, we give ourselves grace to go back more often. So we make sure we go back at least once a year. We do these Zoom calls with our kids back in the States, often WhatsApp constantly. And so, but there's always that sense of, yeah, this is a season and we don't know how long this season will be, but uh, we're going to give it all that we have for this season. And then only, you know, if you need to go back or not, I tell young people when they're trying to make that decision to go enter into the grief with your family, you know, that it's hard for them. And so even recognizing that you're still so valuable to me and I still want to be accessible to you. I still want to, I want you to be a part of my kids' lives and with the grace of God, with Zoom and other, these video chats, they can be, you know, I know so many grandparents that have, you know, breakfast with Nana every Thursday <laughs> grandkids on the field or you know they do coloring dates you know with their kids and grandkids and so it's just a different day it doesn't mean that we we get to hug them and hold them and but um at the same time we get to stay parts of their parent part of their lives you know we watch our grand boys here staying very much a part of their grandmother's life even though she hasn't been able to see them because of covid for their other grandmother the other grandmother for two years and it's been painful over two years two and a half years and uh, it's painful for her but um but they they work at keeping close touch yeah but i i can't say i have an answer and i can't say we won't go back you know next month but um but for this season it feels right yeah i think you do have an answer that was that was beautiful i mean surrendered totally surrendered to what the father's saying to you right now and yet listening to him for, for what he may say tomorrow. But um, I think that's beautiful. I mean, that, that helps a lot, a lot of practicals in what you just said. Mm -hmm. So thank you. 
So you guys have in your in your lives there and back here in the States, you've been through your share of struggles, of difficulties. I know of some of them myself. What has helped you to be resilient, to bounce back from some of those hard things? What's made that possible for you? <laughs> you guys have addressed those those issues so well, I'm almost embarrassed to, to <laughs> say them. But let me tell you from our our experience, our perspective. Honestly, it, it comes back to what you guys have talked about a lot, which is sacred rhythms, the idea of, hey, let's get up and seek the Lord. Let's get up and do gratitude, pray prayers of adoration, pray prayers of surrender daily, and, and just enough time with him to feel our emotional cup being filled and the meter of joy and peace and victory and, mm -hmm. and deep contentment in him because he's deeply satisfying. And so we're, we're really bound to that daily rhythm and it's been decades. And so it's sweeter and richer and he's more real and his, the revelation of his fatherly kind, personal uh, initiating love is just, it sustains us. And so in these times, and it's been a pretty rough couple of weeks for us, but there's, there's the, we're buoyed through this, this daily time with him. We're buoyed through our, our weekly 28 hour, hey, let's not eat, let's stall our stomach, no, and wait, and then spend more time with him and, mm -hmm. and pray for the lost and pray for God's heart for the lost. And those kind of rhythms, the Sabbath is super important. As you guys know, you've done great podcast mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. Those kind of rhythms. But with that is, you know, game night, uh, dates, uh, fun things that we built into our lives. The rhythm even, of working on our marriage. I mean, that still yeah, hasn't stopped. Right. Uh, when, even a, in our 20s, when our kids we were little, we, we said every year we're going to read a marriage book together. You know, when we were on the field and didn't have access to marriage conferences and retreats and things, it was like, we're always going to work on our for our kids' sake also. Right. But we knew that they're rooted in us, you know, in our relationship. And so we we really wanted to do that and yeah. we still do it. We still have to work at it. Still, yeah. we've been married 48 years. We still cycle back to some of those same things <laughs> that we did in our twenties, but by God's grace, we're better at it now, <laughs> getting yeah. on the other side of them. And so, so yeah, we work at it. I feel so like, growing our marriage is another rhythm that we really work at. Yeah. I feel like one of the, the, the things that we learned in our young years and practice and need more than ever is just got honest spirituality, just that, you know, like David in the Psalms, just saying, what, this is how I feel. Where are you? And mm -hmm. prayers of lament, we, are, we learned early on. And, and we still <laughs> lean into that to just say, look, just, you know, here's, here's my heart. Here's the places that my heart needs nurture, nurturing and, mm -hmm. and to share with each other. We do our, we do our, our prayer times apart. But we Close. make it a point to come and say, hey, what are you journaling? What are you hearing? Mm -hmm. What are you, what are the, what are your emotions? You know, what, what are the highs and lows? What's going on? And before we went to the field, the first time we were traveling around to different places and raising support. And we were in a place we did, somebody else arranged us up in Kentucky and it, really a huge old church and a few people, maybe 15 people in that whole church. It was really quite the experience. But um, but in that church, this little woman slipped in the pew behind me. And here were these young whippersnapper, you know, full of vision, but not much experience, you know, 
but she slipped in behind me. And she said, I have a word from the Lord for you. And the, the Lord says, the most important place is your place where you meet him. And so always choose your house by where you're going to meet him every morning, because you're going to have your devotion. that will be your storeroom of provision. That will be your place of grace. That will be the place where you will find healing. That that's the most important place in your house. So for 40 years, we have always looked for a house for where we can have time with Jesus. And uh, and when our kids were younger, it, we always looked for some kind of a little, because we live in the tropics, a little patio. And so we could be out of the house. Kids could be in the house and we could be out of the house. And so we would have our devotions separate, but nearby so we could share with each other. And uh, yeah, that's continued on. Um, something else I wanted to say about that is that it's not just that we have time with Jesus every morning, but it's how we connect with him. One of the things that we found, which really this is one of Ron's life messages is cultivating a lifestyle of gratitude. And so that is part of our time with Jesus, but it's also part of our lives. We want to be grateful for people. I mean, you just, I, I, so I was just reading this week, uh, some of Paul's epistles and and I can so identify with the things he says and the prayers he prays. And I mean, we, we have those people that we could write these letters to. I, you know, I give thanks for you every time you come to mind. And, and so just cultivating gratitude. And I've learned in grief from my own experience and walking with it with many, many others too, that honestly, gratitude or thankfulness are like the rungs of the ladder of pulling us out of the pit of grief. Yeah. And so whether that's the loss of a loved one, being grateful for their lives or the loss of a end of an amazing season that we've just been in and now we're moving and are the people that we're investing moved. <laughs> and so it's just that place of gratitude pulls us out of that place mm -hmm. and not this, you know, denial kind of thing, but this, it changes us. Mm -hmm. And, and so cultivating a lifestyle of honor and gratitude. And in, even when it's hard. So when you get in those places of grief, when you get in those hard places of disappointment, that it's accessible because you've already cultivated that in your life. And I'll add to one more thing is that we have, we call it the parish hall of God's faithfulness. And so we talk about it in our, with our kids, but we have so many stories of miracles for our family and ways that God's shown up. And we just came out of COVID and I actually had an eye injury. I tore my cornea. And the day that I could read it, that I opened my eye and I could read again is the day I got COVID. So I went through this long period, but it actually was God causing me to lay down in green pastures. I put on an audio book or the Bible, and it was just a sweet time. Of, and when I was in COVID, I'm been this year, this year, doing something that I've done many times before, but meditating on one Psalm a day, really meditating, praying through it. And so I landed, I was in the thirties during the time that I was in this COVID and it's so rich. One of my Bibles, I have jotted dates by when I pray it, when I, Steve, you're by one of those scriptures, but I've jotted when I pray scriptures for people and, or when I've received a promise for someone, I jot a date and I jot a name by it. Third, my 30s are packed with those. And so it's like the hall, 30. hall of God's faithfulness is looking back yeah. at these dates and looking at his faithfulness through the years. In fact, when I got a new Bible, I went back to my old Bible and I recopied dates <laughs> because I didn't want to lose those old ones. You know, it's the first thing I did with my new Bible. And so it's like my journal of his faithfulness. And mm -hmm. so when I get in those hard places, when we and we have been in some hard places, but when we get in those hard places, 
it's we remember his faithfulness mm-hmm. and it it buoys us it it's how we strengthen ourselves in the lord so yeah just add one more thing the <laughs> older i get the literally the longer i spend on gratitude daily and it's often a good chunk of my devotional time is remembering how's god loved me in the last 24 hours and i have so much to be grateful for but the impression i get is i probably missed half of it at least because god's just He's that kind of God. And, and I want to stop. I want to be like the guy that came back and said, Hey, I was one of those lepers. I'm the guy that came back and just said, thank you. You know, yeah. and, um, and I feel it and I, it's a source of joy. So, uh, I often train people in it. I mean, every time I get an opportunity to train a group of people, I'll lead them in this gratitude exercise because I feel like I'm throwing little phosphorus gratitude grenades into groups going, you can Live do this. That. It's do accessible. this. This is life changing. It's transformative. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more, one more idea. A pastor one time asked me to me in it about three times. By the way, <laughs> keep on getting better at it. This is a great. Long before y'all spent the last five minutes talking about this key of gratitude, the whole podcast it was obvious that this is a mark on your life. <laughs> well, conversation's been full of your gratitude to Jesus. I mean, well, la, uh, one time a pastor said, "I want you to come preach on missions, but missions and gratitude." I, don't and know. I was like, wow. "Okay," and it opened up a whole new revelation to me that, like Paul, as more and more we, you know, his longing was more and more people know the grace of God, so that God will receive more and more thanksgiving and glory, and it's like. That's all tied together. My gratitude motivates me to go out this afternoon sharing the gospel because you need to be grateful for what God's done and he's worthy of of your gratitude and obedience and worship and glory. Anyway. Can I add on to that? So we keep, I, uh, so one of my weaknesses is the kind of a victim mentality. I've had to overcome it through the years. Just, you know, saying poor me. And so gratitude has helped me in that. I read a book years ago, it helped me, that was called Killing the Victim Before the Victim Kills You. So it's it's our perspective, changing our perspective. And uh, one of the things I've advised new couples going out, and it's a funny thing to advise, but when we came out, right after we got out of language school, I read the novel of Adoniram Judson, not novel, the biography of Adoniram Judson. To the Golden Shores. To Golden Shores. And um, oh my goodness, I felt like we were on a, Sunday afternoon picnic, you know, all the things that were hard suddenly weren't hard anymore. And so just keeping a perspective, I said, that helped me so much. And I remember one day, uh, three of the couples we'd been in language school with, and we'd all spread out to different places, but three of them were having really severe trials. I mean, miscarriages, one was having a baby and the husband couldn't get out of the country to go be with her. And I mean, it was, they were severe trials. And, and I was sitting there on the porch, Ron was, had gone to play early morning basketball by myself. And uh, I was reading through Luke and it just, as I was praying for these three couples, it suddenly hit me. Am I going to have to go through this to have fruit? Are we going to have to have really hard heart, give a child, what are we going to have to do this in order to have the fruit that we want? Because we want fruit here. And I closed my eyes and I, you know, I just began saying, Lord, I, I give this too. If it's a, if it's a crisis that we're going to have to walk through, you're worthy of that. And as I opened my eyes, 
there was a rainbow that was a half a block landing on our little block long street. There was a rainbow that ended right there. Glor- I mean, it was like, whoa. And so I jumped up and I thought, I've got to share this with somebody. I ran downstairs. My kids were all asleep. I wasn't about to wake them up. Ran across the street to my neighbor whose husband was also playing basketball. Couldn't get her to answer her door. And I was walking back, not getting anybody to share this with. I'm an extrovert. And I, 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 was, I was walking back going, oh, and the voice of the Lord whispered and said, this is my answer to the prayer you just prayed. You can't presuppose, but if you go through this, my grace will be the rainbow that will appear out of nowhere as quick as this rainbow appeared. And that has been shaping for me through my life is I don't worry about what will come, but I trust and anchor in him. And when those hard times have come, he has shown up with grace for that moment. And yes, sometimes it's harder to access it, but he's there. And so, yeah, that's one of our shaping moments. <laughs> what else comes to your mind if I would say you're going to say, oh, can I share one more thing? I would, I felt as we prayed about this interview, I felt specifically that I would like to address uh, the parents of workers who have, you know, their kids are living overseas serving and even others that are uh, approaching retirement season or maybe in retirement season, there is a wealth that you could bring to a cross-cultural dynamic, especially mentoring uh, young pastors, even if you've never been a pastor, but just walking with God for decades and then giving attention to a younger uh, leader or a wannabe church planner or a struggling young pastor, pick a country, pick a cross-cultural situation, but, and you don't have to necessarily learn a language, which I know is very challenging at our age, but if, 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 if you find the grace in your heart to give some time to that, let me give you one illustration, and it's, it's not exactly a fit, but so people, some of the people that read our prayer letters were old friends of ours that had an amazing career here in Indonesia that had retired back. He had become the head of his mission. They were back in Colorado, four grown kids, uh, grandkids coming along, and they chose to come back to Indonesia for six years in their in their late 60s and early 70s they gathered their grandkids together and said let me tell you why grandma and grandpa are moving back to Indonesia they said uh, we will be together in eternity all of us will be together in eternity but there are many 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 people in Indonesia that don't know the love of Jesus and so your grandmother and I want to give these years, and it's not because we don't love you. We love you very much, but we just feel like that investment is going to be key. Well, they came back and did six years here, amazing fruit, and now they're back with their grandkids. But the point being is why not? Why not say, hey, listen, why why just, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but why just drive an RV or play golf or just why, why, just, why just do the expected uh, you know, retirement benefit re- benefits of retirement instead invest those with the idea of the age to come and, and let's present to the lamb the reward of his suffering people that Jesus died for. And so anyway, that's my exhortation. That's the one more thing that I would say to retirement age people consider it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess I would just say I feel like we're the most privileged people in the world yeah. that we get to spend this season of our life back out on the field and just every day grateful for the health and the what he's given to us that we can give back for his glory. And so, and that we get to be with this generation, this young generation that are going to go far beyond us when we are in heaven, in the presence of Jesus, these guys are going to be carrying it on. And um, yeah, it's worth it. It is so worth it. So. Well, Ron and Janine, you obviously have been given so much, uh, so much grace, so much from the Lord, and you've received it with open hands. And so we'd just like to ask you to end this, uh, this interview with a prayer of, of blessing on those who um, really are having their hands out, wanting to receive from, from the Lord in the same way that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So Lord, with that in mind, and it does feel that way, that there has been such a treasure in these old cracked <laughs> clay pots that you've entrusted to us. And with all the authority and all the grace that you poured on us, we, we do in turn say, may it be passed on to uh, others, mostly vast majority younger, who are in the throes of raising kids and adjusting or learning languages or longing for their first disciples or longing for their first discovery group or involved in planting their first church. We do ask for boatloads of just the, the attaboys, boatloads of just the encouragement that your spirit brings. And we do pray that they would even from the little things that we've shared, that there would be a nugget that you could use that would help them to experience more of your love, to experience more of your presence, to position themselves daily to drink deeply of your grace being poured out on us. And Lord, mm-hmm. we're asking for, for fresh encouragement, especially mm-hmm. coming out of probably the hardest two years that most of us have faced, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you again for Silas and Steve and their their role and how they have reproduced life uh, through this podcast. And we just say, bless it mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 I don't get more encouraged by anyone more than Ron and Janine Parrish. <laughs> well, uh, you're kind. So thank you so much. Just you're so kind, Steve. Well, Ron really. said you opened the fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> We're both exhorters. And passionate. <laughs> That's it. Man, Lord. Well, we love you guys and look forward to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for listening to Resiliency. Special thanks to Antioch Music and their original song, Nothing Can Stop, for our intro and our outro music. Tune in again in two weeks for our next episode of Resiliency. Stop me.